0: Rise and Shine,
1: it is
0: 8.23 on a Friday in October 2022 and I haven't recorded anything since August, um, not intentionally, just that uh, things have gotten away in some really good ways, but things definitely did get away. Um, so there is a lot to update. Um, on the personal and fun side, I since the last time I recorded anything, I've hit three more national parks, so that's kind of fun. Uh, went did a road trip with my girlfriend to Yellowstone. We drove all the way through the night, and then uh, on the way back camped in the Badlands National Park as well, which is just fantastic also. Um, and then in September, uh, we also flew out to Seattle and did Mount Rainier National Park. Uh, and both trips combined uh, probably cost a total, well, I guess for each of us, because we split the expense, uh, It you know, back of the napkin, Rough estimate, um, I could go back and uh, look again at what the actual cost was for each. Um, but I think it was something like 650 or $700 for both trips because it was essentially just gas and food and the campground fee for Yellowstone. And uh, for Seattle, it was, uh, you know, $300 of flights for each of us, a rental car Rental car was expensive on that one, so that one might have been like five hundred each, um, all in because of the rental car. Um, but anyway, you can make what I what I learned is you can make trips pretty cheap if you camp. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. Um, and so, just by camping, and and we in Seattle, we did use a free night of reward hotel that I had. So it's not like we were spending a ton of money on the, on the trip. It was really just the transportation, uh, in and around there. So, um, pretty fun. Um, I have some more trips coming up and I have, you know, I have not officially cause it, it would have been a while ago cause we started planning these a while ago, but I have, uh, I, I've caught a pretty strong travel bug. Um, and, uh, in November coming up, I get to go to Iceland with my amazing aunt and uncle and cousin. Um, And then in February of next year, down to Chile and Argentina, Patagonia with, uh, to visit my girlfriend there too. And we'll do the hike car camp thing as well. See all the national parks in Patagonia. Um, And that flight, that was a $1,900 flight that I booked on all points. So there's a zero actual dollar cost to that flight, um, which is a good example of why you should funnel home reconstruction costs through travel credit cards. That's the lesson there. Um, Don't do it it when you have the 3% fee added on. If there's a 3% fee and your travel rewards are only essentially 1%, then you're actually losing 2% of dollars um, or you're paying 2% more than you otherwise would. Um, But still, there were enough expenses that I could funnel through the credit card uh, to just accrue a ton of points. Um, So that's a great lesson. Um, Obviously, you just need to have the ability to pay it off um, in one way or another over a short term so that you're not paying it. exorbitant, is that, is that how you say it? exorbitant, exorbitant uh, amounts of interest? I'm not exactly sure actually how to say that word, but hopefully you're following me. Um, so a lot of good fun stuff on the regular Josh life side. Um, Work wise, get to travel a lot here in the next couple of weeks. I just got back from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I get to go to New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico in two weeks, and I get to go to New Orleans the week after that. Um, and then it's a basically one week and then it's Iceland time and then it's Thanksgiving and then it's three weeks till Christmas. So, uh, the end of the year comes really, really quick. Uh, once you kind of hit this mid to end October phase, um, and the leaves start, I mean, the leaves are basically all fallen from the trees at my house. Oh, uh, not true. The tree in the front is still up. Um, but when the when the trees are are shedding their leaves, the end of the year comes real quick. Um, so there's a lot to look forward to. There's a lot of good things going on, and um, you know, it's it is still a great time to be Josh. Um, so. All of that aside, not aside, I don't mean to diminish the importance of all of those good things, Um, but I I just say that because I'm going to transition into the house now. Um, The last time I recorded, I believe it was sometime in August, early August, um, and a lot has happened since then. Since that time in early August, I completed the kitchen cabinets. I completed the kitchen floor and laundry room floor. The entire house got re-sanded and stained and finished. The hardwood got re-sanded, re-stained sanded and refinished across the entire property, across the whole house, uh, including the bathrooms. Now, I had some reservations about using hardwood in the bathrooms, but what I decided was that they were already there and it was only gonna marginally increase the hardwood floor cost. So um, I went ahead and and opted for the hardwood floors in the the bathrooms. Um, I have really good bath mats to go down uh, next to the showers and tub. Um, So I'll, I'll try to mitigate the water exposure to the hardwood as much as possible, obviously um the the fans are connected to the light switch so in order to have the light on you need to have the fan on which is going to help draw moisture out of the bathroom as well so just a couple little mitigators but it was going to be cheaper overall just to add that little bit of square footage to the overall hardwood project uh, the stairs got redone the main level is a really nice beautiful uh darker brown almost like an amber uh amber shellac uh amber honey shellac uh it looks really good and then upstairs i went lighter so it's a light natural clear coat over the over the maple so it's maple all across the house and um upstairs is light downstairs is a little bit darker to match all the trim that's on the main level that just looks amazing So the house has made good progress. Um, In addition to the floors and the cabinets, I got countertops in. Uh, The countertops came in cheaper than I had budgeted for. Uh, The sink was a little bit more expensive than I had budgeted for, but the countertops were about $500 cheaper than I thought they'd be. And so um, that offset the sink a little bit. Uh, the, The range fridge, and washer, dryer, and dishwasher are all hooked up and functional. The dishwasher I installed myself, the washing machine I installed myself, but I had a gas professional do the uh, gas dryer and the gas range. Um, let's see, what else? Um, the siding project is still in progress. That's taken a lot of time. Uh, it's taken a lot of energy on behalf of the contractors. There's been some hiccups along the way. Um, the roof got done just after Labor Day. So I have brand new asphalt roof on both the house and the garage. And that was completed back just after Labor Day, like I said. Uh, the metal roofs, there are, there are two pitches on the house that are too shallow for asphalt roofs. So that's a good piece of learning If you, if the pitch isn't steep enough, then asphalt roofs don't work because then ice and water can end up crawling back up underneath the shingles. Um, so kind of fascinating, uh, the metal roofs will shed the water much more quickly, um, to the gutters, I will get new gutters also, but that's still a little bit of a ways away because gutters have to go on after the siding. So, um, the shingle project went out, went great. That only took a couple days. Um, I'm no longer in the camper. My mom came and picked up the camper um, over Labor Day as well and drove it back to Colorado. Uh, that was a big deal. It was a big, big, big deal to have it in the first place. Um, it provided a clean, safe place to sleep and uh, and to have space away from the house while it was still dusty and dirty and drywall and a mess. Um, so it was, it was a huge, huge asset to the project to have that camper. Uh, and I'm super, super grateful for that. Um, so I went back on Labor Day as well. Also Labor Day, uh, my aunt and cousin came out and we did some ultra fast um, set up. So we got another another bed set up in the other room. So both beds are set up in each of the upstairs rooms. We set up my office on the main level. Uh, we brought in some books and organized. They organized my kitchen cabinets because I hadn't done that yet. Uh, it, it had taken a month for that to happen. Um, so we had a lot of progress in one weekend that felt really, really good. Um, I finished both showers. One of them is functional. The other one still just has to get the uh, trim put on. So trim when it comes to showers is the handle, the faucet, the shower head, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, the shower fixtures, right? And so I just have that left to do on the one on the shower tub combo. Otherwise, the the other bedroom shower uh, is fully functional and operable. Um, I grouted them both myself. I did all the tiling both myself. And uh, one of them, uh, you know, I, I am not a professional. Um, and I, I am not a professional tiler. Uh, they look good for the most part. But any pro that would come in would immediately see some, some issues and some areas that I didn't do a very professional job on. And I know that. And I'm okay with that. Um, it is not ideal for now, but it is how it is. Um, at some point later I can come back and, um, fix the issues that I created. Um, however, at this point it was a, it was a cost benefit analysis of getting it done to get funding, uh, more solidified, which I'll talk about in a moment. Um, because since about middle June, I've been floating everything on credit cards because I maxed out the 105 K, um, construction line of credit. So ever since June, I've been floating things on credit cards. And so I I needed to, um, move forward and get done faster than I otherwise would have, would have wanted to. Um, so yes, there are some things that I did cut corners on. Uh, no, that is not how I want to do things in the future. Um, also do I want to be the boots on the ground, hands on the tile in the future? No, it's a good skill to have in case I want to take on a project, but I don't want to have the kind of pressure that I had on this job, uh, move forward into other jobs. Um, I definitely took on too much. Uh, It's forced me to grow into it, but I definitely took on too much, too big of a project for such a rookie, uh, for everything to go perfectly smoothly. Now, that being said, it has been a huge success. I have been able to wrangle uh, a finished product out of this house with very little experience. So that lesson is, hey, I can overcome anything. I can get through anything. I can figure things out. And so can you. Anybody can, Um, there is a high degree of risk involved in what I did and I didn't fully understand the risk, which is what I wanna mitigate moving forward. I didn't fully appreciate the skills required to do some of this work. Um, I didn't fully appreciate the time required for some of this work to get completed. Um, I didn't fully appreciate the costs. I didn't fully appreciate the, the process and the the management that comes with project management of a construction project, right? Um, so there are a lot of lessons that I can take from this, and um, that I that I will absolutely use moving forward. Uh, most most principally is that I don't I don't want to be a contractor. Um, the time and experience and Energy that it will take for me to become an expert, relative to paying somebody else, um, who already is an expert, uh, is is a cost benefit analysis that I believe I will be willing to pay uh, moving forward. Um, You know, I I do not in my in my money philosophy I do not want to be a hoarding miser uh, in the sense of. Oh, I can save two thousand dollars by doing it myself. Yeah, well, it's also going to take a lot of energy and a lot of time to figure it out yourself, guy. And because you're figuring it out yourself, and you don't have the actual expertise, you might not get as good a product. Actually, you you more than likely won't get as good a product as if you did hire out that particular project. Um, so there, there's some good learning along those along those lines. Um. I am really excited and drawn by doing certain projects that I might have time to do, um, but to do projects that require timing and that are on a timeline and need to get done so that something else can get done, um, I've learned in this project that, that that might not be my strongest suit moving forward. Um, my, my highest and best use, if I wanna make a business out of this, is finding and analyzing deals that work for me because nobody else can do that. I can hire somebody else to do framing. I can hire somebody else to do the floors. I can hire somebody else to do the bathroom tile. Uh, What I can't hire out is someone to make my deal decisions for me. And that's become really clear in this project. Um, I want to become the best deal decision maker possible. I don't wanna become the best tile layer possible um and so that's that's a really clear lesson that i've learned through this process um the current uh let's see what else did i have to say about the siding i know i'm going all the way back to siding um so the siding project got delayed because under the aluminum siding there was lead paint old siding so under old siding was even older siding likely original Um, it was painted with lead paint. Uh, so they had to remediate that first. So it took three weeks, two weeks to get on the scheduler for the lead paint remediator. Um, and then it also took additional insurance approvals because that was additional dollars that, um, that was required to, to do that. Also, there was a hole in the siding, which is why they ended up doing the aluminum over the lead um, so that they didn't have to just fix the gigantic hole that was in the side of the sheathing. And so the whole house got re-plywooded and got new sheathing um, in addition to everything else. So like it, it got new sheathing. There's new sheathing on the side of the house. Um, so that's really cool. Um, it is greatly improved. Uh, but it definitely did slow the project down. Um, at this point they are, they have finished house wrapping the entire thing. So the house wrap is done and they are in process of, uh, putting up the siding and finishing the metal roofs. So the metal roofs have to go on before the siding because the siding overlaps, uh, the metal roof. And there's a, there's a flashing that goes, goes over it. Um, so that's cool. That's in progress. You know, it. I am always. I I am like expecting that it'll take another two to three weeks from this point because. It was two or three weeks ago that I was expecting two or three weeks, and I don't think we've seen as much progress as we've wanted in those two to three weeks. Now, am I still happy with the contractor who's doing that? Actually, believe it or not, yes. He's been a great communicator. There have been things that are out of his control that have caused delays, i.e. the lead paint. No, We didn't know at the time before taking everything off that there was lead paint siding underneath. Um, and that's not his fault. And he had crews lined up for those weeks that then had to get repurposed on other jobs and then couldn't come back because then they had other jobs to go to after that. And so that lead paint issue had a cascading effect on the rest of the project, um, which really just, it, it does just suck uh, that that's the case. Um, the, my contractor has been very good at communicating with me uh, when he's going to be around the house. Uh, he's also been communicating with the insurance company themselves. Uh, so he has done a, he has done a good job. Um, and I am, I'm definitely grateful to have him in the corner. Uh, he is incentivized to uh, increase the scope of the project because then that means he gets paid more. Um, and I am incentivized to ha- let him increase the scope of the project because then I get a better product, and a uh, which I have. I did get a better product and um, get out with as little out of pocket as possible. Um, so he's been good. Uh, Would I use him on other things? Yes. Uh, I would probably hire him next for trim and molding if I decide not to do that myself. And you can reference the prior section, I don't know, section of conversation that I had about not becoming a professional trim and molding carpenter, finished carpenter myself. You can probably guess where I'm leaning um, as far as that goes. So let's shift gears and talk about the current financial structure. Um, As I mentioned before, I have 150, excuse me, 105K on a construction line of credit that's completely drawn. um, And it has been drawn since about June, maybe early July. Um, Everything, all the expenses since then, have been placed on credit cards, and about fifteen thousand of those credit cards, uh, fifteen thousand dollars of those credit cards is on deferred interest. So uh, they are deferred interest out until January and May of next year, and so that's helpful. However, there is an additional twenty-seven k that is on interest bearing credit cards. And so that's uh clearing those has kind of been my mission since uh July and August and and really in June I had conversations with some bankers to figure out the best way forward. They told me that they needed to get an appraisal before they would take over the other uh home equity line of credit. So I'm at the point now where I I am not interested in maintaining the um, the original hundred and five k home equity line of credit. It's a one way line of credit, so I I cannot take draws without uh, approval by the lender, and that's just an issue because um, I uh, I came across a new banking strategy to use a, a line of credit as my checking account. Um, and that strategy is what I'm going to use moving forward. So I wouldn't be able to do that with my current line of credit, essentially. And I wasn't super pleased or excited about how the uh, the closing process went, How um, how responsive they've been. I mean, they've been okay. It hasn't been great. They didn't they weren't willing to work with me. They, they got me the original line of credit, then they increased it with me. I'm like, totally fine with that. Um, but otherwise, you know, it. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for a better option and I found a better option. So as of yesterday, an appraisal came back on the property at $490,000, which is huge. Um, so 490000 my mortgage remaining is 232 and I have accrued about $150,000 in construction reinvestment. So my all in costs, my all in debt is $382,000, $383,000, compared with a $490,000 asset. So my loan, my all-in loan-to-value is at about seventy-eight percent now, and that is up from ninety-five percent. So my original loan, my original mortgage was at ninety-five percent loan-to-value. I increased the value of the asset two hundred and forty thousand dollars, and my new loan-to-value is seventy-eight percent, um, and so that allows me to get a hundred and fifty thousand dollar home equity line of credit to funnel my entire salary through and get all of my dollars working towards that interest. Um, so essentially how that's gonna work is every two weeks, my direct deposit goes into the line of credit. Uh, from that line of credit, at the end of the month, when I need to draw my expenses, I will uh, pull from that line of credit. So. My, the line of credit will have a declining balance every two weeks. And then once a month, I will pull out the mortgage payment and I will pull out the, um, my living expenses from that line of credit. Uh, yes, it is a lot of leverage. Um, it is a lot to have $150,000 on a floating seven and a quarter interest rate line of credit. Um, however, that was a better alternative and lower effective interest than if I was to remortgage and do a cash-out refinance. Uh, the cash-out refinance would result in about $2,400 a month of interest payments. $2,400 $2, to $2,400 a month of interest payments, depending on the type of loan I could get. And because it would be a remortgage and go back through Fannie and Freddie, I wouldn't get nearly the same kind of support on terms as I have with this HELOC. So I still, I'm gonna maintain my original 232 mortgage. And now this HELOC is coming on top, just like the original construction HELOC, except it's gonna be a two-way draw. I can pay it down and I can draw right back out of it. And that makes it so that I can funnel all of my dollars into the line of credit without having to also simultaneously think about building an emergency fund. I will maintain an emergency fund of a couple thousand dollars in cash on hand in bank accounts. However, all income moving forward is going to go into the line of credit to drive that balance down as much as possible. Um, So that's that's the big news. I'm expecting to close on that line of credit here in the next Week or two, they have to go through title and then they have to, um, then we have to close. Thankfully, closing is it can happen right with the bank. Um, The bank that I'm using, excuse me, I have hiccups now. The bank that I'm using is a small community bank uh, located near me and they keep their mortgages on their own portfolio, uh, which is huge because that means that they will. Underwrite things in a little bit of a different way. They'll underwrite things uh, having skin in the game versus just selling it off to Fannie and Freddie. And also, because they are keeping it in house, they can more accurately um, rate their risk and come up with solutions uh, for me and with me that work for both of us. And so, I was able to go into the meeting with them, basically having done their job for them. I wanted to be as prepared as possible for the loan officer. So I did their job for them. I I brought them my balance sheet. I brought them my income statement. Like I did full breakouts of balance sheet and income statement. I did full breakout of of my uh, net worth and equity ratios and a post-close income statement and my income statement ratios I, I did a full um, a full report for them uh, including all of the debts like I, I totally went hard I did as much of their job for them as I could with the philosophy that they would see the effort they would see the input they would see the organization they would see the financial management and be more comfortable doing a creative deal with me and it worked out great they the loan officer is uh, is also high up in the bank and they took it to the loan committee for approval and then they took it to their board of directors for approval and they both got approved um, and we're good to go. So um, a lesson there is if you want to have creative financing, you have to be creative in getting your creative financing. You have to be willing to be as transparent as possible to show that there's less risk than there might otherwise seem to be. Um, and that that is a, a good philosophy that I think I'll, I'll use moving forward. Um, you know, do as much of the grunt work, as much of the hard work as I can to make the loan officer's job easier so that they are quite frankly, more likely to like me and more likely to go to bat for me and more likely to want to do business together. So I entered this with the loan officer in this bank with the idea of it being a longer term relationship. um, And I hope it can be that. And um, because of the line of credit and because my income is going to be funneling through that and because my rents are going to be funneling through that, um, I will, it is a long term relationship because it's going to have all of the, it's going to have all of my income going into it. Um, so that's where we're at. It's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting setup relative to what I thought I would be, um, moving towards. Um, I, it's not a, I'm finding it hard to explain concisely how the line of credit pay down works. Um, but it, it works. The math checks out. I've done amortization schedules on both the line of credit and my original mortgage and the and just getting a whole new mortgage and refinancing. And it is a significant difference in equity gain over even just 12 months, depending on the interest rates and depending on how much I can funnel in rents to the line of credit. Um, it can be a difference of $20,000 over the course of a year, um, which is really a big deal to me. Um, so it, it's a big deal because that line of credit at then, at some point is then used to go and acquire another property. Um, and that's why it's such a big deal. I want to be able to pay down the line of credit as fast as possible so that it creates... I, I Essentially, okay, the, the best way that I can think of explaining it, I just remembered, the best way I can think of explaining it is that I'm funding my expenses with more than just my income. I'm funding my expenses with equity as well, because every dollar that I put towards the line of credit carries with it an implied seven and a quarter interest rate, because I'm earning that rate in uh, interest savings over the time. Oh, there was a bear these people are looking at a bear on the side of the road, a black bear. It was on a tarp. I wonder if, I wonder if they went hunting and it fell off or something. Um, That I haven't seen that before. Um, Every single dollar from my income is going to go towards the debt pay down. So it immediately has an implied seven and a quarter interest rate um, earnings. Whereas if I just, you know, pay the minimum payment on the HELOC and pay the minimum payment on my mortgage, and build up a cash cushion. That cash just sits there and earns well a half a percent, two percent in my high yield account, right? So I can effectively earn seven and a quarter uh, on all of my dollars for for a time. Um, and so that's that's really interesting. I I would like to hear at some point some advice about if I should, um, if I should pause my Roth IRA contributions because that's about five hundred dollars. Actually, that's exactly five hundred dollars a month because that's six thousand over the course of the year, which is the limit of contributions for a, a given calendar year. So I'm wondering if I should actually pause those contributions to send an additional $6,000 to the HELOC because it's a guaranteed seven and a quarter return on investment. So that's an interesting thought. I might do that. Um, but this is all the fun stuff. And yes, okay, it is fun to do house construction. It is fun to install countertops. I installed the butcher block countertop for the breakfast bar the other day. That is fun. I do like that. That is fun. Um, I have learned with that as well. You need to make sure that you attach the countertop before the drywall goes on. Don't do it after. After it doesn't work. You need to secure it through the studs of the countertop base. And so you need the drywall to not be there in order to do that. And so I didn't do that because I didn't know. And now it's a lot harder to secure the countertop. So anyway, that is fun. But what's more fun is moving and shaking and making deals and figuring out financing and like analyzing properties is fun. That is fun because you think about the potential, you think about the opportunity. Uh, You know, I hope I analyzed 100, 120 properties before I bought my first one. I need to analyze another 100, 120, 150 properties before I buy the next one. Um, And I, because I need to draw down this line of credit because I need to pay it, pay it down. I have a natural buffer of time where I can't get into another deal cause I don't have capital for it. Um, but that I can, that I can make moves toward that. Um, so that's, that's good. That's fun. It's fun to think about moving and shaking and producing me and my friends understand the future. I can see the strings that control the system. That's uh that's handlebars by Flowbots, by the way. Um so that's where we're at. That's where we're at. A lot of good stuff going on in Josh's world. Um and the I I did have some gems of advice for myself in this one too. Um that you know I can look back on later. So anyway, I think I'm done for now. I'll catch you later. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, hopefully this was entertaining or I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I think it's fun to talk uh, into, into this medium. Uh, you know, a little bit of perspective for myself at some point later on. Um, so anyway, take it easy. Stay frosty. Advice for myself over and out.